0: Well, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving celebration, but you know what? It is time to run off that turkey, that pumpkin pie, and everything else that you might have consumed so we can try and keep up with the players on the floor, right? (laughs) Hey, I'm Mark Fralick, and uh, thanks for joining me today for episode number 53 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. Today's guest is nine-time Final Four official Dan Holland of Fort Laramie, Ohio. Dan has served 21 years as an Ohio High School Athletic Association basketball official. As a member of the Grand Lake Basketball Officials Association, he has participated in the OHSAA basketball tournament as a regional and state official since the 2007-2008 season. He has appeared in three boys' Final Four tournament games, which includes one state final, and five girls' Final Four tournament games, which includes three state finals. Dan was also a Final Four girls' state final alternate. An educator for 27 years, Dan currently serves as the superintendent for Fort Laramie local schools in Southwest Ohio. Born and raised in Northwest Ohio in Archibald, Dan resides in Fort Loramie with his wife, Stacy and their 17-year-old triplets, Bryn, Allison, and Will. Remember that you can show your generosity and become an official supporter of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. Just check out the show notes for a link to the support page. And of course, the High School Basketball Referee Podcast is sponsored by none other than PQ2 LLC, and that is courtesy of its owner and great friend, all-around great guy, Matt Kearns. Uh, Learn more about PQ2 LLC at pq-2.com. Episode 53 with Dan Holland begins right now. So here we are, as mentioned in episode number 53 of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast, and Dan Holland is here from Fort Laramie, Ohio. Dan, thanks for joining me on the show today.
1: Mark, uh, appreciative of the opportunity to talk a little bit, uh, catch up with you, and, and just talk about basketball and officiating. Looking forward to it.
0: Good. Um, I am too. I think it's going to be uh, really beneficial for a lot of officials. And um, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun as well, like we always do on the podcast. Right. And uh, <laughs> in the meantime, we're going to thank our major sponsor, which is PQ2 LLC. And as mentioned, owner and uh, good friend Matt Kearns, who's um, a longtime basketball official in Ohio. But he wants to tell you a little bit about PQ2 LLC. We'll be right back.
2: If your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough candid and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding extrusion or blow molded project make the right call to pq2 llc that's www.pq-2.com
0: you can follow or like the high school basketball referee with mark fralick podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. You'll find all of the episodes and eventually we're hoping to add some additional content. In the meantime, find the links on the show notes or you can go ahead and search for the podcast on those social media outlets. And as we always do, we want to start out with the pregame where we get to know our official and today Dan Holland joins us and Dan um you know we're, we're ready to get into the season. Um, it starts off on, on Friday for boys basketball. Our girls basketball season in Ohio began uh, last Friday. Uh, talk a little bit, if you would, about um, last season, if you could, maybe some of the things that you learned that will help your officiating career for this year.
1: Well, first, I can tell you that uh, what I learned last year is I'm certainly not as young as I used to be. Uh, <laughs> I learned that uh, maybe, maybe now I try not to keep up with some of these guys. But, uh, but no. In all seriousness, my my goal is always uh, to work the last weekend of the boys' basketball season, and and that's a a lofty goal. But it means you're working in the the boys' state tournament. So that that's always a goal I set for myself. I know you can't go there every year and, and sometimes you, you may never get there, but, um, um, uh, so that's always my number one goal. Uh, number two, I try to stay healthy, uh, which, you know, with things that have been going around with the COVID and stuff, mm-hmm. that's, that's always uh, pretty important. And then the biggest thing too, that I also learned is nothing's ever given, you, you know, it's always earned in this, um, in the officiating realm. So, uh, just always keep working and and trying to improve the craft.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are great points. And you're in school systems, um, right now is, is COVID an issue?
1: Uh, not right now. Uh, What we're seeing a lot of is the, uh, a lot of uh, respiratory illness. Oh yeah. So, uh, it it goes, it goes, uh, it goes in that's it's little December flow and then we get a little better and then we get some stuff as we head out of winter into, uh, into the spring. But yeah, it's, uh, it's tough being in this environment but not so much of the COVID
0: anymore yeah that's good and you know all the holidays uh get togethers coming up soon and so i'm sure we'll see a little bit more of the illness like we do every year but um yeah staying healthy big big importance um but you're in your 21st year of officiating and uh talk a little bit to us about why you decided to take up basketball officiating
1: First of all, I, when I when I thought about how long have I been doing this, uh, I didn't realize I've been doing it that long. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I started teaching in Minster, Ohio, and one of the first people I met while I was there was Paul Wingelwich. Uh, Paul was a longtime basketball official. Uh, Paul was also good friends with Denny Morris, who uh, is a legend uh, in the officiating realm, and those two talked to me about it and and i thought you know this would be something i could do in the winter to to stay in shape i enjoyed playing basketball maybe i can give something back uh so that's kind of how it all started for me and and here i am 21 years later uh, uh still looking forward to the season so
0: that's how it started wow so it's pretty simple i mean it's not anything that where you were a coach and decided you thought maybe you could uh, uh do it a little better or uh, or anything like that you just thought it was something that intrigued you right
1: yeah it was it was i i did dabble a little bit in junior high girls basketball i learned pretty quick that i wasn't wasn't very good at that uh, with the coaching so um i just i just missed the game i enjoyed it and i just really felt like it's something i could do to give back
0: yeah did you play in high school
1: i did i played up through my sophomore year and then i thought i'm gonna i'm gonna give wrestling a shot so oh. i did that for a year uh um wasn't very good at that so uh so kind of stuck with uh, football and baseball my senior year. And, but, yeah, I did play for a long time. Yeah, well,
0: we're certainly glad you took up basketball because, obviously, you do very, very well at that. Um, you know, you've been doing it, like I said, 21 years. And uh, from from southwest uh, area of Ohio and also you dabble in northwest Ohio, you've heard a lot of pregames uh, in, your, in your career. So what are some of the things that you like to talk about when it's your turn to give the pregame?
1: Well, you're right. It's interesting. I, I live right at the line between the Northwest and Southwest District, so I do both uh, games in both areas. And the, the difference in the pregames has been very interesting. But one of the things that I find important to talk about with anyone that I officiate is to make sure we're good with the fundamentals. And by that, I mean, you know, these kids are out there working hard. The fans are excited about the game. The coaches have put in a lot of time. It's our responsibility to make sure we're hustling, to make sure we're using the appropriate mechanics. Uh, You know, I talk a lot about court coverages and, you know, where we need to be to be in the best position to referee the game to the best of our abilities. But, you know, one of the things that I do like to, to end with is, number one, we need to remember to have fun because as a crew, you know, it's us three working together and, uh, you know, every time your whistle goes off, you know, this half the people are upset and half the people are happy. So we need to stick together and have fun. I talk a lot about how we're going to communicate. And I think about a regional that I did a long time ago it was LCC and OG at BG. And it was deafening in there. You couldn't hear. And what I learned was we need to be able to communicate correctly with our mechanics so that we can we can talk without without using our words and know where ball needs to go and things of that nature but the last thing i always say is i'll support you as my partners i just ask the same in return and um and then like i said just go out and have fun
0: i was talking with matt kearns the other day matt is of course the owner of our major sponsor pq2 llc and he was reminding me that, and this goes for every official, the importance of all of us to continue recruiting officials, while at the same time, maybe refining ourselves and understanding why we got into officiating. You know, we know part of the reason we officiate is to help that particular official, or to be an example for that student athlete, and of course, to continue to build great relationships. That's kind of the theme you'll find with Matt's company, PQ2. It's been around for a while now and it's always good to be that business which helps a particular client that recruits new players and also helps with clients' particular needs. Learn more about PQ2 and see how they can help you by going to pq-2.com or calling Matt at 330-888-9448. And we begin our first quarter, and we're going to have a little bit of a discussion on mentoring, which is a very important part of basketball officiating today, especially with the numbers being down uh, from previous years. Um, as mentioned, you've had some great success, Dan, in officiating. Um, how, do you, how do you progress um, in the tournament trail? And, and I'm kind of tipping off the mentoring part in a little bit uh, coming up, but how do you progress in the tournament trail, and what's contributed to your success? I think
1: you know when you get into it, you see all the people that you look up for doing these regional, district, regional, state games, and you think, man, that's that would be great. I want to aspire to be there. But I think the most important thing that I learned is you don't want to be put into a a situation you're not ready for, Mm -hmm. because I think if you're not ready for the speed of that game, or the intricacies of that game, or the competitiveness of that game, or that level then I think that stunts your growth as you move forward. So I, I always thought, you know, that that's a great thing to aspire for, but I want to make sure that I'm ready. And progressing through that, you know, the OHSAA, Denny Morris has done an excellent job of providing professional development uh, opportunities for, for officials. Um, they do the, the camp at Capitol, I think is great. Um, the, the other thing that I think is important is that you work in as many different leagues as you can, because, as you know, Mark, working in the MAC or the WBL or the NWAL, you see different levels, different speed of games, different skill. And I think that helps you, in the long run, develop your game to be able to officiate games that, that uh, teams play differently.
0: Talk about some of your mentors. Um you know, I'm sure you have a lot of them from a lot of different areas, but how have they helped your development as a, as an official?
1: You know, one that the first one that comes to mind is uh, Tim Busher. I I took my training, uh, my coursework through Tim, and I just believe that his his patience, uh, his ability to teach the game to me. Uh, was was um, he did it in a way that I understood, and I know everybody learns a little differently. But Tim kind of took me under his wing, and the first couple of years I did JV. You know, I would I would travel around with Tim and pick his brain. Another one that's been good for me is Don Kemper. The thing I learned about Don is Don is one of the funniest individuals I know. But the guy can be serious, and he can also address situations. Uh, in a manner that I think helped help to diffuse things. So I learned a lot from him, obviously, working with Denny Morris. And then I mentioned earlier, you know, I worked a lot with Paul Inglewich So I learned a lot of different things from those four people. And, and there have been others um, that have taught me some things. But I, I always try to walk away from a game learning something from the people that I'm working with. But those four have been pretty influential for me.
0: You know, we hear um... – a lot of officials, especially the younger ones, I think, ask the question: How do I know what is good advice and what is bad advice? You know, from from the veteran officials. So, talk if you would about maybe the mix of good and not so good advice that you received as you were moving up uh, through the ranks. And also, secondly, um, how can how can our listening officials know the difference in good and maybe not so good advice that they receive?
1: Well, one thing I've learned to um, just maybe not in officiating, but in life in general and in, in your profession is you can learn something from everyone, but sometimes it's what not to do. So, you know, as far as advice goes, I think the important thing is you you listen and then you think about how does that apply to my game, how I call my game, how I how i communicate you you use that advice and you apply it if it works if it doesn't you keep it in your toolbox because i think as officials we have toolboxes we pull different things out at different times to it to adjust and and so my advice about knowing the difference between good and not so good is to just just absorb and then apply it to your own game and and think about is that something that i can do or can't do because a lot of guys can can deal with certain things in a manner that you just may not be comfortable with doing, so you do it differently. But at least you've seen different ways of addressing things or managing a game.
0: Yeah, and and you talked about some of the mentors that um, that helped in your development. When you look at um, a great mentor, a mentor like you've had, what what makes a great mentor, and how does an official find one of those great mentors?
1: I think the great ones are are someone who understands that you, you, you know, you're in your first, you, you're in your first year, You're you're learning, you're only four or five years in, you're still learning. So they understand that you're just getting started. You know, they may have 15 or 20 years of experience and they've learned a lot. So they kind of remember where they came from. And I think that's important. And I think the other thing that's helped me is people have talked me through, um, certain situations with mechanics or maybe plays and, but they didn't criticize, you know, they didn't say, Hey, I didn't agree with your call there. It was more of, you know, what did you see? Tell me why you went with a block instead of a charge, or they talked about maybe angles and things of that nature. So they weren't critical, but they offered advice. And I think that's what we need to do with new officials coming through and also having the patience.
0: So how does an official then, um, to, to go to back to the second part of that question, um, what's the best way for somebody to find a, a mentor?
1: I think uh, what we do at the Grand Lake Basketball Officials Association is we always make sure that our members understand who are the new folks that are coming in. And I think, you know, we have a responsibility and a duty uh, to these young officials to work with them uh, to try to to you know, show up to the JV games when they start and provide some feedback to those officials. And when you do enough games in the area, you run into these, these youngsters uh, that are just getting started quite a few times. So the more that you can, you know, give feedback, follow up with them, phone calls, uh, uh, texting after games, being available, making sure they understand they can reach out whenever they need something. I think those are all uh, critical critical tools.
0: You can become an official podcast supporter of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick by visiting anchor.fm backslash mark fralick backslash support. Find the support link on the show description of this episode or on the description of the podcast on the home section of the podcast. Thank you very much.
2: Rule 1, Section A, Article 3. And the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns.
0: And we begin our second quarter, and uh, second quarter we talk about coaches and communications uh, with them. Uh, Dan, so what is your philosophy when handling coaches throughout the game? Do you speak with them? Any casual conversation, or uh, how, do you, how do you handle things like that?
1: Uh, one of the things I do in pregame is I bring up the coach's demeanor for the two teams that we're playing, and I just ask uh, my partners if they've ever had this coach before do you know their behaviors because you know when you work for a coach that doesn't say much during the game but then brings something up more like times than not you, you might have missed something we've also worked for coaches that uh uh will will talk every every possession about something so me personally i I think when you don't speak to a coach I don't think that's helpful I think that can agitate at times so you know I try to be uh, courteous Uh, I try to be frank and direct Uh, but I do try to have conversations if they're necessary Uh, if it gets to a point where it's more criticizing and complaining about a call then I typically do not entertain those kind of conversations but I think The number one thing is letting them know that you hear them that's one thing i'll say from time to time coach i hear you we'll look for that
0: what what are some of the things that you um maybe uh some things that you say to the coach uh with coaches that they use those often used phrases in other words uh, for example when a coach questions a call i made you know i might start out by saying hey coach uh you know what did you see on that and uh and take the conversation from there are there some things that you will tell a coach uh, during a conversation that is maybe um, helpful to, um, to to just have that one-on-one conversation instead of, like you said, a confrontational one?
1: Right. Yeah, I think going back to what I mentioned a little bit ago, is just letting them know that you hear their concern. Coach, I, I understand you think there's rough play in the post. Coach, I understand you think that might have been travel, could have been a moving screen. I hear you. I'll pay attention to that. Uh, One thing I'll do to kind of simmer a situation down is I may approach a coach and say, Coach, hey, I need your help with X, Y, Z. You know, maybe a player or getting out of a huddle or something of that nature. And, you know, sometimes you're trying to have a conversation and a coach is overly excited. I may say, Coach, I'd be happy to talk to you, but you can't be screaming at me right now or screaming across the floor at a partner or something of that nature.
0: How much does it help that you're a school superintendent when talking with the coaches i mean do you think that helps your um helps your game and we'll get into a little bit more about that about when we talk about the officiating in professional life but i got to believe when talking to coaches that maybe your current position has a little bit of an effect on how you approach them as well doesn't it
1: i think it's it's just trying to be professional and right. i know that it's not it's not always easy to respond in a professional manner when you may not being, be, be, uh, being addressed in a respectful manner yourself. But you know we're pretty we're pretty spoiled around this area. We do have good coaches. We mm-hmm. do you know good people. And you try to remind yourself. Somebody told me one time I, I was really early in my career, and I said, "Man, this coach is always yelling. This coach is questioning this." And he said, "Dan, they're coaches. You know they want to win." You know, so that's part of the game. So I just think the professionalism and speaking to somebody like I would want them to speak with me is is pretty much the golden rule that I try to follow.
0: Yeah, we know coaches can get upset during a game quite a bit. So can you talk a little bit maybe about any specific encounters or examples with a coach that might uh, help bring some value to some of the listening officials?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of times I think uh, coaches they're they're watching the plays. They may not see things that are off ball. You know, you may have a, you may have something that happens in a cro- close proximity, like maybe a technical file that you have to deal with that the coach isn't aware of what happened. So I think it all comes down to just communicating. I can remember maybe my first within my first five years of coaching, um, I was at LCC, legendary coach there. And uh, we had a foul that was on the opposing team, and he thought the foul was on his player. We didn't even have a chance to report it to the table. And he was he was out of his mind. And <laughs> rightfully so, if, if, if the call would have gone the way he thought it was. So when we got him calmed down, we finally told him, like, look you're correct. that play uh, went the way you thought it should. He, he settled down. but you know, a lot of times it's just, that they they don't see what happens, and you get a chance to explain it to them most of the time, most coaches understand. But with film the way it is, you know, there's been a number of times where plays have happened and the coach doesn't agree with you, and you'll get an email or a text the, the next day saying, hey, you got that call right, and I apologize. But... Uh, <laughs> doesn't always
0: happen that way. <laughs> not all the time. I'm sure in 21 <laughs> years, you've had some uh, interesting times where you've had to distribute uh, technical files. Any interesting story with those?
1: Well, my philosophy on technical files is pretty simple. I, I believe that technical files are earned. They're not given. So, you know, you just react appropriately. But um, my most memorable one was uh, about seven seconds into, uh, I'm not making that up, seven seconds into <laughs> Uh, a sectional boys game up here in the southwest about two years ago. Uh, we had a drive to the basket. Um, we had a, a no foul call. Uh, the f- coach thought his player should have been uh, should have been an and one. I turned around to come up the floor and this coach is out onto the volleyball court not just a few feet but but between the volleyball court out of bounds. <laughs> and the jump circle in the middle so that was a pretty easy one and i felt bad afterwards because you know now the guy's got to sit for you know the entire game and uh well yeah that that's probably my most memorable one
0: (laughs) yeah that would be a memorable one no doubt about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Seven seconds into the game. That's something yeah. else, man. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break for halftime. When we come back, we will talk a little bit in the third quarter about officials dealing with officials. That's going to be interesting, uh, something new. And uh, go to the fourth quarter. And after that, post game and our five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Exponential results. Longtime Ohio High School basketball official Matt Kearns is owner of PQ-2 and engineering thermoplastics for virtually any engineered application is their expertise. They will help you source the right material for every application, including UL-listed, FDA, and NSF-approved resins. Matt and his team are proud of their best-in-class domestic and international supply relationships. When you need specialty resins, they deliver branded, prime, certified materials from the producer. The industry has changed over the years, but one thing has not, and that's PQ-2's attention to detail, the quality of their products, and the care for those who use their products. Become better acquainted with PQ-2 after browsing through their website at pq-2.com and then let them know how they can provide a tailored solution for you. All right, our third quarter begins. Again, we are going to talk about officials dealing with officials and uh, this is a, a new segment and uh, we'll, we'll look at, have this segment every once in a while on the podcast. So we're starting out with you, Dan, how about that? Don't, aren't you All excited? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get to a game with two officials and you're not familiar with them. Um, what are you gonna do when you arrive at the facility and make the next couple of hours comfortable?
1: Well, this happens a lot to me when, uh, when I start tournament, as most of the guys I work with are in the Northwest. So when I head to the Southwest, um, you know, for me, it really starts before I get there. You know, I try to uh, send a message to my crew, you know, let, let them know what time I'm gonna arrive tell them I'm looking forward to seeing them, looking forward to working with them. Then when I show up, I'll always introduce myself and just have some casual conversations uh, just about how their season's been going. But, you know, the biggest thing is when you get into that pregame, and I can't stress enough to to any new official that the importance of the pregame to really get to know your partners and so that they can understand what your expectations are, you can understand what theirs are, And, uh, you know, I think that's really important. So the other thing I try to pride myself in is when I get into a game, I try to, uh, we say match calls in the officiating world, but more or less, I try to get into the flow of the game of how my partners are calling it because I don't want to be, you know, totally opposite of what they have going on. So that's probably where the years of experience comes in and and helps, but uh, pregame is certainly important.
0: Have you ever had a situation where um, where you and another official have words before, during or after a game or just don't get along that well? Or maybe you've seen it happen. But without mentioning names, of course, talk about um, about maybe what happened and and how our listening officials can learn and how to deal maybe with similar situations
1: sure i have i've not really had a situation where i've i've had words with anyone i mean there's there's been times that i've left the game and i think man i hope i don't have to work with with that person again but i was privy i guess to a situation uh, about two years ago where um, after a game um, my two partners came in no one was saying anything so the one partner said to the other something about why he blew his whistle in his area, and I thought, oh boy, this is going to be interesting. And they really, uh, they were really upset with one another. Um, they were arguing about whose area it was, and then the other official was telling them, "Well, I called it because you didn't call and it was right in front of you." So it got, it got pretty heated, and I actually stepped in between them and and told them to settle down. But they finally kind of relaxed. But I thought, you know, it's ego. It was was an ego issue, and it really had no bearing on the game. And I believe that if you are a good official and somebody blows their whistle in your area, I think you'd say thank you to help control the game because I saw the exact file he was talking about. And uh, he was right to come in and get that call because the other official didn't do it. So it was an uncomfortable situation. And on the way home, I got a phone call from one of them an attack from the other apologizing but um um yeah very uncomfortable situation
0: how can younger officials deal with that i mean they're not gonna i mean you were a veteran and a former wrestler so i mean you get you you get in the middle of both of them but how how do young officials deal with that they just sit back and and watch or or what, what do you think
1: I think, you know, not knowing if they have a relationship with one or the other, you know, maybe they know both guys well enough where they can say, hey, man, you guys try to add some levity, maybe interject a little humor in the situation could potentially help. But, uh, you know, I have been doing it at that point for 19 years, and I was uncomfortable with the situation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't think it would have set a great example for a young official, and I don't know if if they would have had the courage to speak up. So, but again it's an opportunity to learn, you know, maybe learn like something not to do. Um, But yeah, that'd be a tough spot.
0: Yeah. So here's, here's a question, uh, advice question from a a veteran official to a younger official Um, after a game, you had the opportunity after a game to uh, offer advice to a younger official uh, on a game that you just completed that game with that official. Do you automatically offer the advice to that younger official or do you just kind of read the situation and determine whether or not they want to receive the advice?
1: I typically start off with, you know, um, how'd you think the game went? And you know, they'll have a conversation, and I'll say, you know, tell me about some things that you thought went well. Um, was there any situation that you didn't feel comfortable with, or that you felt didn't didn't go right? And then I lead into I, I lead into a conversation with that. So you know, it's it's just a communication method of getting people to to talk about what some of their concerns were and then add you know maybe add some direction or some advice based on how the communication
0: is going. How much is too much I mean do you give just a couple of things for them to, to try and improve upon or do you give them a, a list of stuff uh, like five or six things is there is there a, a limit to that at all or not uh, what's your what's your philosophy on that
1: I, I you know I think if you give someone too much you risk. You, you risk them um, becoming discouraged and thinking maybe they didn't do a good job. So I always try to pick out no more than two, two things that I think are, are major for them to work on. For, you know, it might be something as simple as, "Hey, think about when the ball is high with trail, about tra- changing your position and get a better look, because that one comment may help them pick up some mechanics to make a couple other things better. And so I think if you can keep it to to no more than two, um, I think you can really help that official work on those things. And then when you work with them again, maybe you comment, you follow up with, and say, hey, I noticed the things we talked about you really improved on. You know, what are some other things we can work on? And then continue to build.
2: This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralick. And the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and pq2 llc tonight's tip nobody came to see us officiate so make sure the kids are the stars on game night
0: and our fourth quarter begins we just talk about a variety of different questions and so in 21 years what's the scariest thing that has happened to you on the court maybe maybe even off the court as far as whether you want to be around a fan or a coach or a player
1: and the scariest thing, I had, uh, two situations again, working down South where a uh, fan came from the top row, uh, all the way down the stands and onto the floor after, uh, one of the partners I was officiating with. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty sad situation. Uh, luckily law enforcement was there, um, and was able to step in before anything happened. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, that was definitely the scariest thing. Um, probably the weirdest thing I had was I was doing a game at Miamisburg, and a, a kid went up, dunked it, shattered the backboard, and there was about three minutes left, so we walked down the hall and finished the game in their auxiliary gym. So that was that was kind of interesting as well.
0: <laughs> How close were you to the glass when, that, uh, when it shattered?
1: I was actually uh, probably about 15 feet away. And uh, it was it, it got my attention. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> now, did it get your attention, Dan? Because it exploded, or did it get your attention because we all know you can't dunk, right?
1: <laughs> it, it was the second because I don't. I've never even touched the rim, and I thought, man, I, I'm really jealous that 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 guy can dunk and uh, shack the backboard at the same time. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Okay
0: hey uh we talked a little bit about uh school super being a school superintendent and how officiating has impacted um your ability to uh, balance that as well but how does officiating help your professional life and your personal life
1: i think the one of the things is you you know i get to see other school facilities um You know maybe Hmm. how they've got game management set up maybe Hmm. how they do ticketing maybe how their athletic director interacts with people um you know kind of how game management interacts um just kind of gives you an idea of how other school districts uh do things and maybe pick up a nugget here or there to to bring back and and try to use in our own school um i think you also establish some professional connections i know you know when we were trying to get into certain leagues and with our football team you know i would have connections with those superintendents and the athletic directors to be able to have you know open honest conversations um so yeah those are those are probably some of the biggest things i've noticed
0: how about family life Uh, talk a little bit about how you've been able to balance life between home and your officiating world
1: when i started i I wasn't married i didn't have any kids so i was working five six nights a week um but i think what's important for young guys to understand is you know when i did get married and and we had triplets we had we had uh three at the same time i realized that you know family family's more important and and my priorities at that point changed so i think it's you know it's important uh, to remember what is important you know kids family you know, and now we're able to go online and, and handle our schedules. So you, know, you can block out time to keep those priorities in line. Cause I always ask myself, you know, is $80 worth missing, you know, one of my child's events or being able to go on a date with my wife or, you know, to, to take a few days off. And then probably another important thing is to have a supportive partner. I mean, you you are gone uh, a lot. And you know it's it's important for you know to have conversation with your wife or significant other and and make sure that they're still supportive of what you're doing because nothing is more important than your your family and and this should never uh, come before that.
0: As you've heard in this podcast many times, many officials say that the relationships within the community of basketball officials is a huge reason why they take. Um, the floor each and every game, year after year. PQ2 LLC, they bring that same passion that you have in the locker room to every client relationship they've built over the years. PQ2 is proud to be the thermoplastics resins company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330-888-9448. And ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. And our post game, uh, we talk a little bit always about um, about how we get along as officials. You know, we it's it's really kind of like a nice little fraternity, and and uh, we we have those great drives to the games. The post game destinations uh, are a lot of fun uh, always. So talk if you would a little bit, Dan, about um, about that, and also maybe some examples of of what you really like about the post-game of officiating.
1: Well, I think it's fun because uh, I see people I haven't seen in a while. You know, you, you start in November and you, you have relationships and you see people, uh, you know, and then come February, late March, everybody kind of goes on their tournament run and you don't always see people in the off season. So I like reestablishing that connection. I've actually established a lot of lasting friendships with you know with officiating met people that I would have never met before. Um, so that's been interesting. Um, and then just you you then see people outside of basketball. you see them off the court, you know you're you're out and about and you run into run into people, and you always have something in common and something to uh, to talk about. And then you know the afterwards part where you go and you, usually a group of officials may meet somewhere on the way home and you you get dinner and just you have a, a an opportunity to talk and maybe talk about plays or maybe you don't talk about basketball at all but it's an outlet you know for you to to uh to just communicate with adults i guess and uh so that those are some things that i definitely look forward to
0: so also about a post game, you know, we, we go through the games and sometimes we're done with the game and, man, we're frustrated, right? Sometimes we get done with the game and, and we just uh, want to vent or do whatever. Um, we know that can make a frustrating drive home, especially if, if the game's a long way away. What can officials do to handle some of those situations like that? Do you make phone calls? Do you just... Uh, yeah, crank the radio up and sing. <laughs> what kind of things? What kind of things do you do to handle those situations?
1: Well, I've got a terrible voice, so I, I definitely don't sing. Even when I'm alone, I scare myself with that. But uh, no, I, I think for me, I sit in silence. I try to put a little time and distance between what just happened, and then I I am a big uh, one to call up somebody and talk through a scenario, or send a text message, or or another thing I may do is get home and watch it on replay and, and, and try to see what went wrong and what happened and then, you know, make the necessary adjustments so it, it doesn't happen again. But yeah, I never like leaving um, a game and, and frustrated about something. Uh, I always try to just make sure I spend some time reflecting on it and try to make it better next time.
0: So part of the post game, we want to talk about our trips to and from games, maybe. Uh, any interesting stories about a trip uh, to or from a game?
1: Yeah, uh, I've uh, been um, – actually, I've I've gotten – spent my – well, the best way I can put it is I spent my game check on speeding tickets. I've done that before. <laughs> um, I've driven because there's been a lot of snow and the weather's not great. I have driven on bike paths and sidewalks away from the school, not knowing that it wasn't a road. Um <laughs> I have shown up before in the national anthems playing. Uh, I wasn't told that there was no JV game, so that's always a, a very uh, anxious moment. And I've showed up at the wrong site before, the oh. visiting team versus the home team. But luckily I try to leave early enough that I, I did make it and I was able to communicate. But yeah, there's a few, a few interesting things along the way.
2: When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, It can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 discuss your next plastic application needs never ride home wondering if you made the right call
0: all right and we uh will end our podcast today on the five quick decisions just like we always do with dan holland and uh here we go best food that you've ever had at one of your games
1: oh hospitality rooms at tournament games unbelievable
0: okay what's the well what's your best food though I mean, is there anything that you that really hit? I I I shouldn't prolong this, but anything that uh, you remember that wow, that was really good.
1: Oh yeah, we had homemade pizza, we had homemade wings before. I've had a taco bar before, never mm-hmm. had that. Uh, yeah, just uh, always, you know. And I I shouldn't eat before, but I always do, which is a terrible <laughs> thing, which is probably what leads to my most embarrassing
0: moment officiating (laughs) okay i was gonna say taco bar before you're officiating i don't know not good not good (laughs) what is you uh recall the funniest thing or something that you always remember about one officiating partner
1: um i worked with a gentleman that split his pants uh (laughs) from stem to stern reaching over to pick up a basketball that was was not a good sight and let's just say he did not wear tights <laughs> underneath his pants
0: so oh, that, no. that
1: was scary and <laughs> my my own personal one is i had a referee in my black dress shoes one time because i forgot my shoes so oh my I,
0: gosh oh, that was not good no that would be really uncomfortable dan <laughs> <laughs> from walking onto to the basketball floor to walking off the basketball floor what's your favorite part of officiating a basketball game
1: uh, honestly, I'm a I'm a, a son of of two veterans, and uh, I have a lot of respect for our country. And the national anthem for me is always a, a special moment for every game.
0: What is the most embarrassing moment in officiating?
1: I think for me, uh, it just I was running around the floor with my zipper down for one half, and my partners didn't have the courage to say anything to me. They let me go. So thanks to those guys yeah it was great
0: (laughs) and last question last question what is the funniest thing a player coach or fan has ever said to you
1: oh there's a little backstory to this so i'll I'll try to be as quick as possible but uh when i was officiating a game at delta st john's this young point guard was carrying the ball so i called it and he turned around and he said what do you got i said, He goes, no, no, that that's my Pistol Pete move. And I always remembered that. And the funny part to the story is he's now our head football coach here at Fort Laramie. It was Spencer Wells. And I brought that story up to him. And he's like, yeah, I, I used to watch Pistol Pete work out on VHS tape, and I didn't carry it. He still remembered it to this day. But, yeah, thought it was pretty entertaining.
0: And he still says he didn't carry it, right?
1: Yeah, I said you're no Pistol Pete, trust me. And you did carry the ball. So, <laughs>
0: Oh, shoot. Dan, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks. You've got a lot of really good material there and uh, a nice short, sweet to the point. And uh, we appreciate uh, this time that you spent with us. I know you've got a really busy schedule. And um, so thanks for taking the time to be a part of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast.
1: I appreciate that, Mark. And I also appreciate all you do for for everyone in the officiating profession. You do a great job yourself.
0: And that wraps up another episode of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Freilich podcast. I hope Dan Holland provided you with some great tips and you enjoyed the stories that we shared as well. Be sure to tune in next week for more wisdom from another basketball official. Until then, remember to read Mark chapter 1, verse 11 for your daily inspiration.